large city and in the territory out west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful. Have gun, will travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, the Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. And now here is your guide to these adventures of the mind. There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you this morning. OTR And now, here is OTR Mr. Dillon? Yeah, what is it, Chester? Say, I've been looking all over for you. Oh, uh, trouble? No, sir, but there sure could be. Did you ever hear of Lou Mandelin? Is he in town? Yes, sir, he was right in the Alphaganza there about an hour ago. I had a beer with him. Well, what's he doing in Dodge? You find that out? Well, he didn't say, Mr. Dillon, but he is about the nicest, politest fellow you ever met. All I've heard about him is he started killing people a few months ago out in Colorado Territory. Yes, sir. He's a gunman, all right. Casey saw him in a fight in La Hunter. He's with him right now. Casey's a fool, Chester. Don't you be. No, sir. It's just that I never met nobody like him. Oh, he's so quiet and easygoing. Sure. I think I'll have a talk with him, Chester. Come on. Say, you think he's here looking for trouble, Mr. Dillon? Find out if Lou Medellin is looking for trouble in Dodge when you listen to this gun smoke from December 5th, 1953, and the episode is entitled The Lamb. Now, Sugar Crinkles, the sugar rice treat that's just right sweet, is proud to present Gun Smoke. city and in the territory on west there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Say, if there ever was a cereal designed to boost a family's breakfast morale, it's new sugar crinkles. Why, that sugar rice treat that's just right sweet makes breakfast more fun than a circus. Come breakfast time, just pour on milk, and you got a breakfast main dish as you like it. Those golden nuggets of sugar-coated rice we call sugar crinkles are really special. 
Not too sweet, the way some sugar-coated cereals seem to be, and not like others that don't seem sweet enough. Sugar crinkles really are the sugar rice treat that's just right sweet. And whether you eat them from the bowl for breakfast, from the pack as a snack, or both ways, you'll love sugar crinkles. Try them soon. And now, Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. Official stuff, Chester. Yes, it is. All for you. Every bit of it. Were <laughs> you expecting a letter? Oh, no, sir. If I ever got a letter, it'd just mean trouble of some kind. Well, that's what my mail usually means. Yeah, not this time, though. No new wanted notices? Yeah, not a one. Looks like all the bad men have had a change of heart. Mm, sure does. There hasn't been a reward posted for anybody in over a month. Well, not that we know of, anyway. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Dillon? Hmm? I think I'll go see if there's any beer left over at the Alphaganza. You join me? <laughs> no, thanks, Chester. Okay, sir. I'll see you later. Yeah, sure. Hey, mister. Well, hello. Tell me, is it all right to tie my horse here? Of course it is. Well, some towns they don't like strangers being too bold. Well, there's mostly strangers in Dodge. It's a pretty big town. Heard a lot about Dodge. Good or bad? Bad, mostly. No offense to you, Mister. Well, I don't own Dodge. <laughs> I'll uh, buy you a beer. Well, I was just going into Alfreganza here. No. A fellow feels funny when he don't know nobody in his place. Oh, I've been that way many a time. Uh, where are you from, anyway? Colorado Territory. A lot of country out there. Sure is. Bartender? Wait a minute. Sure. stranger. We'd like two beers, please. You must be buying. Yeah, I am. Why? You don't look like you got any more than the price of two beers on you. Oh, don't mind Sam, mister. He gets spells like this. That's all right. It's all right, he says. And if it wasn't all right... Oh, leave him alone. Well, I hate these saddle bums that ride a hundred miles to a fine saloon and then order a glass of beer. One thing I'll say for the Texans, they may cause a little trouble now and then, but they drink right. Well... I don't take whiskey myself, but I'll buy you one, mister. Oh, beer's good enough for me. Sam, you stay up too late nights. It sours you. It sour anybody. Waiting on a lot of riffraff. Hey, Sam. 
Sam, you better take it easy how you call this fella. I had, huh? You sure had. You know who this is? What do I care who he is? You're Lou Medellin, ain't you, mister? Lou Medellin? Why, sure it is. I seen him three months ago over to Colorado, at La Hunter. He was right across the street, and he just shot two men. Fastest thing ever happened. I'd sure hate to dangle with him. You really Lou Medellin, mister? I seen you right at the start, Medellin. That day at La Hunter. You sure built yourself a reputation since then. Oh, yeah, I've heard talk about you. <laughs> you don't look like a gunman, though, nor act like one neither. Well, they always said he was real soft-talking and polite-like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud to know you, Medina. Uh, my name is Casey. How do you do, Mr. Casey? <laughs> Mr. Casey. Imagine Lou Medellin calling me Mr. Casey. Say, I, I sure would like to buy you a drink. No, wait a minute, Casey. I sort of owe this man an apology. The drinks will be on the house, okay? Where? That's kind of you, bartender. Sure, sure. I just want you to feel welcome here, anytime. Uh, Mr. Medell, uh, how come you're wearing your gun in the holster now? I always heard you carried it loose in your belt. I can handle it both ways. Maybe you thought people wouldn't recognize you so fast wearing it different. It, it kind of marks a man right off carrying his gun in his belt. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it does. Say, I, 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 I'm sure proud to know you. I never got real acquainted with a, a man of your breed before. My pleasure. My, you sure are polite, Mr. Medellin. No need to be otherwise, I figure. Well, one thing, you make a lot of friends mighty fast. But then I guess that's easy for a man like you. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it is. Well, let's uh, move over to the table, gentlemen. We'll have our beer there. Uh, Sam! Sam, Mr. Medellin wants the drinks brought to a table. You bet. Be right there. <laughs> I've been looking all over for you. Oh, trouble? No, sir, but there sure could be. Did you ever hear of Lou Medellin? Is he in town? Yes, sir. He was right in the Alifaganza there about an hour ago. I had a beer with him. Well, what's he doing in Dodge? You find that out? Well, he didn't say, Mr. Dillon, but he is about the nicest, politest fellow you ever met. All I've heard about him is he started killing people a few months ago up in Colorado Territory. Yes, sir. He's a gunman, all right. Casey saw him in a fight in La Hunter. He's with him right now. Casey's a fool, Chester. Don't you be. No, sir. It's just that I never met nobody like him. Oh, he's so quiet and easygoing. Sure. I think I'll have a talk with him, Chester. Come on. Say, you think he's here looking for trouble, Mr. Dillon? man like that's always looking for trouble. Well, yes, sir, I guess that's true, all right. That's him. Sitting right over there, Casey. I've got three more days here in town. Before I quit La Hunt, I said to him, I want to know sure that... He... <laughs> Hello there, Marshal. I guess Chester told you who this is, huh? This here's Lou Medellin, Marshal. 
Hello, Madonna. Greatest gunman in Colorado Territory since Clay Allison went to New Mexico. Yeah. I've heard a little about you, Madellan. Pretty new at this game, aren't you? Yes, sir. Pretty new? Casey didn't mention it, but my name's Dillon. I'm a U.S. Marshal. I represent the law in Dodge. Glad to know you, Marshal Dillon. Are you planning to stay here long? Well, I don't make plans much, Marshal. I thought maybe you were here for some reason. Oh, no. No reason. None I can think of, anyway. I see. I'd hate to be in your shoes. You try to run Lou Medellin out of Dodge, Marshal. I told Chester that you're a fool, Casey. Now I'm telling you. Medellin's a friend of mine. You better talk easy to me. Shut up, Casey. Medellin, this is just what I came to tell you. Trouble breeds around a man like you. Somehow it can't be helped. I'm hired to keep trouble out of Dodge. Don't worry about me, Marshal. I'm not worried about you. Well, no, sir. Ain't nobody going to take Lou Medellin. Yes, there is. No matter how good he is, somebody will kill him one day. It always happens sooner or later. You may be, Marshal? Maybe. If he starts any trouble. There's nothing to worry about, Marshal. Don't you tell him a man like you ain't afraid of him, Medellin? Tell him. I think he knows that. Don't you, Marshal? I'm an old hand at this game, Medellin. You're new. But if you live long enough, you'll find out that being afraid isn't what counts. No? Well, what does? Worrying about it. The way you're worrying right now. I have a feeling you've been playing lucky so far, Medellin. But don't count on it lasting. I know what I'm doing, Marshal. What are you doing in Dodge, Madellan? I wanted to see the town. Isn't that all right? Yeah, that's all right. But the first sign of trouble and you're through here. Sure, Marshal. Sure. getting weary of the same old breakfast cereal every morning, time to retire it and introduce them to New Sugar Crinkles. Say, New Sugar Crinkles is the sugar rice treat that's just right sweet. And I'm here to tell you, Sugar Crinkles make breakfast more fun than a circus. Golden crisp nuggets of sugar-coated rice and every nugget in your breakfast bowl just right sweet. Forget your experience with sugar-coated cereals that seem too sweet and with others that don't seem sweet enough. Treat yourself and your favorite family to new sugar crinkles at breakfast time and snack time, too. For your breakfast or a snack, you love sugar crinkles. Sugar crinkles can't be beat.
seen a lot of gunmen and killers in my time. And some of them were mighty peculiar people. But the strangest I'd ever run across was Blue Madellan. It wasn't his quiet, polite manner that bothered me. But the feeling I got that he wasn't very sure of himself or of what he was doing. I didn't see him again that day or the next until along toward evening. I was sitting in Doc's office when Chester came up and told me he'd heard Ab Fisher was in town. I'd known Fisher some years back, and I had heard a lot about him since. So I set out at once to find him. Having one gunman around was bad enough, but having two meant certain trouble. You going to look in the Texas Trail, Mr. Dillon? I might as well try it first. It's closest. Yes, sir. Oh, why does everything have to happen at once? Uh, nothing's happened yet, Chester. See him? No. Over oh, there's Lou McCullough over there. Why, well, he's sitting with Miss Kitty, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Uh, stay here, Chester. And keep your eyes open, huh? All right, sir. Kitty, I'll tell you what I'll... Oh, hello, Matt. Hello, Kitty. Madellan. Pull up a chair, Marshal. Oh, thank you. You look worried about something, Matt. Maybe it's because I'm sitting with his girl. You're sitting with me because you got the price of a drink, mister. That's not very nice of you, Kitty. Never mind, Madellan. Tell me, do you know Ab Fisher? Ab Fisher? No, I don't, Marshal. Ever heard of him? Never even heard of him. Good. So long. Goodbye. He's sure worried about something. I know he is. Ah, don't pay any attention to him, Kitty. Have another drink? Where'd you get all the money? You didn't have much last night. Casey over there lent me some. Till mine gets here. I've heard that story before, too. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this? Never saw him before. So you're Lou Madellan. Who are you? Ab Fisher. Oh, I'm beginning to understand this. You gentlemen will excuse me. What do you want, Fisher? Told me you were in town. Thought I'd like to meet you. Oh. Well, I'm glad to know you. I heard about you in Denver. Oh. Sure, sure. They say you're pretty fast. Yeah, I guess I am. But, Dillon, it makes me uncomfortable to be around a man who thinks he's better than I am. Don't feel that way. Here, I'll buy you a drink. Put your money on the table. All right. gets four drinks. The one that lives. What? Drama, Dylan. Go on, draw. No, wait. Listen. Then I will. You, you killed him. 
room were telling. Yeah, I tell you. But he didn't even draw. He never even tried. He had his chance. If he lives, I'll give him another one. Anytime. Right now, I'm going to have me four quick drinks. Hold it, Ab. Matt Dillon. Well, so it is. Don't try anything. Why should I, Matt? You're under arrest, Ab. What for? For killing Lou Madellan. They say you drew first. He was kind of pokey about it, and I had to. But you can't arrest me, Matt. It's murder, Ab. Guess you haven't heard. Lou Madellan's got a price on his head. He's wanted in Denver for shooting a few citizens while he was robbing a bank. Dead or alive, Matt. I'll get a thousand dollars for this. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. You're no good anymore, Ab, but at least you never tried to lie your way out of anything I know of. If it wasn't true, Matt, I'd have tried to shoot you. I'll telegraph about it. But meanwhile, you'll have to sleep in jail. Sure, Matt. Save me the price of a room. Oh, Casey, don't stand there. Get Madellan over to Doc's. your telegraph and Ab Fisher's right. $1,000 for Lou Madellan, dead or alive, and it's signed by the sheriff up in Denver. Will I tell Fisher about it? Uh, no, let him wait a while. He isn't worried anyway. I'm going to go up to docks and see if Madellan's still alive. Yes, alive, Matt, but not for long. Can he talk? Oh, he can talk all right, but when he goes, he'll go fast. There's nothing more I can do for him. Where have you got him in the back room? I thought he'd be quieter there. Come in with me, Doctor. Sure, Matt. Sure. Marshal Dillon's here, Madellan. Hello, Marshal. How you feeling, Madellan? Poorly. I ain't gonna make it, Marshal. That fella shot me up bad. Yeah. Uh, Madellan, I want to ask you something about last night. Oh. Then you found out. No, I haven't found out, but maybe you'll tell me. Why didn't you draw on Ab Fisher? I was too scared, like you said. I tried to tell him about everything, but he shot me before I could talk. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. How could you have killed all the men they say you have acting the way you do? Marshal, I never killed a man in my life. What? No, sir. I'm just a poor cowboy. I got fired my last job, and I thought maybe I'd find something to do around here. What are you talking about? It's the truth. I ran into them fellas at the bar. They thought I was a big gunman. 
And they gave me a lot of respect, Marshal. I never had no respect before. From nobody. Now, well, uh, what is your name? Coots. Dubby Coots. Dubby Coots. Well, I thought something was wrong. Yes, I, I look like that Lou Medellin, don't I? Are you fooled Casey anyway? <laughs> but I sure couldn't act like them. I'm in bad shape, Marshal. I'm sorry, Coates. It's all right. First time in my life I got me respect. But I first... <laughs> He's dead, Matt. Sad, man. Yeah. It's going to be kind of sad for Ab Fisher, too. Now I got to go tell him that he killed an innocent man, and he'll probably hang for it. He's going to be mighty disappointed. Next week's adventure on Gunsmoke. If you want to be a real good scout, Mom, tell you what to do. See that your whole tribe sits down to post toasties for breakfast in the morning. What a way to start the day for every big and little Indian in your wigwam. You see, post toasties are heap good cornflakes. Spankin' fresh, crisp, with that sweet kernel corn flavor toasted right in. It's a feather in your cap to serve them. Sure, because post-toasties are not only the best thing that's happened to corn since the Indians discovered it, post-toasties are the best thing that ever happened to breakfast. And say, if you want to make a good thing even better, add your favorite fruit to that bowl full of post-toasties, sugar, and milk. Mmm, it's mighty delicious nourishment. Get post-toasties, the heap good cornflakes... Next time you shop. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Vic Parent, Lauren Stopkin, Harry Bartell, and Herb Ellis. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Ken Peters speaking. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in 
gun smoke. Listen next week at this time when Gunsmoke will be brought to you by Post Toasties, the heat good cornflakes. If I felt like drinking, which I don't. Say, you know who you're talking to? I do. I'm Ella West. And I can out-shoot, out-ride, and out-cuss any man here. I can out-drink you, I can out-chew you, and I can out-spit you. Possibly. Hey, Ella, it's Tracy Calvert. Tracy, where? Hi, Tracy. Now, you gonna let Ella take over your spot in the show? Huh? Morning, Ella. I didn't see you come in, Tracy. Why don't you answer Breed's question? Well, I... I just might take your spot. For two cents, I'd run you out of town, pony boy. Don't cut your price for me, Ella. Why, you... Break it up now, bro. Break it up. Drinks are on Tomahawk Carter. Everybody. I want to talk to you, Ella. You too, Tracy. That squabbling's got to stop. Well, that's Ella West, star of the Wild West show. Kind of like an Annie Oakley, if you will. And Paladin has his hands full with L.O.S. Find out what goes on when you listen to this Have Gun Will Travel from December 7th, 1958. And I'll be back next week with both Gunsmoke and Have Gun Will Travel. I promised I'd avoid a gunfight if possible. But it looks as though it isn't possible. I have one bullet left. You may draw when you're ready. Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875, the Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. <laughs> Go on, Mr. Paladin. Well, at 7 o'clock, we could have champagne in the lounge. Mm-hmm. At 8 o'clock, dinner at the Peacock, something special. Oh, I'm intrigued, Mr. Paladin. And, uh... Then? Uh, coach ride to Barnaby's for crepes Suzette's only Barnaby prepares the crepes. Mm. And after that, a liqueur back here by the fire in the lounge. No. Then... What? Uh, no. Oh, hey, boy. Who is this? Uh, me, number one for Mr. Paladin. Sorry, lady. No champagne. No peacock. No creepy Suzette's. No liquors tonight. Wire come. You go. I know. You already packed. Wire? Here. Bad news, Mr. Paladin? Oh, dear lady, forgive me. Hey, boy, send an answer to Tom Carter, Abilene. Just say, have gun, we'll travel. It's no surprise to anybody that the attractive and inexpensive new radios have proved popular. It's no surprise, that is, to anyone who listens to CBS radio. With so much in the way of music, comedy, drama, variety, and news coming your way every day on CBS Radio, 
More than one radio around the house is more than a convenience. It's almost a necessity for anyone who has a daily routine. The man of the house wants to come home to an attractive home and an attractive wife. But household chores in themselves are rarely inspirational. The smart homemaker is one who refuses to let her regular responsibilities get her down. She gets her work done every day, but she gets her entertainment in, too. She has a radio in the kitchen as well as the living room. Chances are she has a portable radio as well to follow her from one task to another around the house. She knows why the inexpensive new radios are so popular. And, what's more, she knows the value of CBS radio, too. Here you are. Your bag, your saddle, and your gear. This is your hotel right here. What's that? Oh, folks from the Wild West show hold up in town right now. <laughs> Most likely Ella West. Ella West, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the star attraction at Tomahawk Carter's Wild West show. It was kind of frisky at times. Uh, wouldn't go into the lobby by the front way if I was you. And you wouldn't? Huh? Not with Ella cutting up before breakfast. <laughs> she just might take it into her mind to shoot them buttons off in that fancy vest you're wearing. <laughs> well, I'll chance it. Well, just, uh, just friendly advice, brother. Oh, I'd like a room, please. Uh, uh, what? A room. My name is Paladin. Oh, yeah, well, just a minute. Uh, now, hold on, Ella. Fun's fun, but enough. Whiskey, if I felt like drinking, which I don't. Say, you know who you're talking to? I do. I'm Ella West, and I can out-shoot, out-ride, and out-cuss any man here. I can out-drink you, I can out-chew you, and I can out-spit you. Possibly. Hey, Ella, that's Tracy Calvert. Tracy, where? Hi, Tracy. Now, you gonna let Ella take over your spot in the show? Huh? Morning, Ella. I didn't see you come in, Tracy. Why don't you answer Breed's question? Well, I, I just might take your spot. For two cents, I'd run you out of town, pony boy. Don't cut your price for me, Ella. Why, you... Break it up now, folks. Break it up. Drinks around Tomahawk Carter. Everybody. I want to talk to you, Ella. You too, Tracy. That squabbling's got to stop. You find me in the bar. Come on, Bree. Well, sure thing, Ella. Come on. Yeah, what was it this time, Tracy? The same thing it always is, Mr. Carter. Well, wrap me in buffalo hide, paladin. <laughs> Hello, Tom. Hello. Oh, you're a sight in well, a real sight. Tom. Yes, sir. Tracy is Mr. Paladin. He knew me way back when I was making an honest living. <laughs> Tracy Calvert. I've seen you ride, Mr. Calvert. Laramie, Wyoming, 71, when you took the grand prize. I had a lucky day, Mr. Paladin. Uh, we got power to make. Well, I'll run along, Mr. Paladin. No, no, you stick here, Tracy. 
I got bad trouble, and I want you to handle it, pal. Save your money, Tom. I never saw a man you couldn't handle. It ain't a man. That little gal I want gentle Tom, there's one wild thing man will never civilize. Woman. And if you mean that one, I'm afraid there'll be no pleasure in failing. That little gal in there happens to be Ella West. 24 years old, she's already more of a name than Calamity Jane, Cimarron, Rose, and Belle Star lumped together. I got her in my show, and I got damaged bills to prove it. And I'm going to lose my shirt even before I get my show together if something ain't done. And you'll lose more when you get on the road. There's a million people want to see Ella West, Mr. Paladin. Darling of the frontier, heart of gold, yes, I've seen the write-up. She's fast with a gun, and she can ride like a Comanche. She has to be more than that. Ella West is a legend, Tom, a romantic illusion. Your audience will expect you to bring it to life. That's right. And instead, you'll produce a repugnant, grimy-faced, loud-mouthed little shrew. Well, I don't figure Ella's as bad as all that, Mr. Paladin. Oh, how long have you known her? She joined the show last month. Well, my question was, how long have you known her, Mr. Calvert? If you don't mind, I'll look in on the stock. Tracy and Ella was raised in the same part of the country. Learned shooting and riding together. Let him tame her. He seems to have a personal interest. Now, doggone it, we're old Tom, Tom, you're talking about making a show horse out of a wild, mean-tempered colt. Now, that takes more than taming. It means crushing its spirit, rebuilding it from the ground up. With a horse, the odds are ten to one for failure. Yeah, I guess I knew it wasn't any use all along. I could have made a fortune with her. That's why I want ten percent of the entire season's gate if I succeed. You ain't changed, have you? I hope that's the compliment. <laughs> you ain't never stealing to ask what you're worth. Come here to learn you some things. <laughs> you ain't gonna learn me nothing. Correct. My function is to teach. You will do the learning. I quit. Fair off time. She just resigned. Wait just a blasted minute here. If anyone gets runned off, it's gonna be him. <laughs> Go along, Tom. I'll talk to you later. I'll be in the saloon. Now then, sit down, Miss West. <laughs> Mind if I smoke? No. Go ahead. Try lighting that cigar now, fancy pants. 
That will be two deductions from your wages, the cost of the cigar and the bullet damage. You're kind of a cool one, Fancy Pants, but you ain't going to make no lady out of me. First, you're not worth two cents to the show as a lady, and second, that would be impossible in the first place. Why, you... <laughs> you took my gun! It'll be less noisy that way. Now, sit down, please. Better? Although your audiences will expect you to be somewhat different from the average woman, they will expect certain fundamental manners. The essence of showmanship is to be different without being obnoxious. You're a lily-livered, fancy-talking dude. I'll run you out of town by morning. I believe you made the same ridiculous threat to Tracy Calvert. Him too. Tracy said anything to you about me, I'll kill him. <laughs> There's a ring of honesty in that threat, Miss West. However, he said nothing. I was merely speculating. Are we ready? You've got something to learn me. I mean, teach me, then get on with it. But keep your nose pulled in, dude. Incorrect. I gotta eat, don't I? You don't reach with a fork and spear a slice of bread. You pick it up with now, your hand. Now, just a minute. And you never speak with your mouth full. Now, it's one thing to act homespun. It's quite another. Breed! You wearing a gun, dude. It's quite another to create revulsion. I suggest you confine your idiosyncrasies to calling the food littles and complaining over the last. I asked of you a question, dude. I heard you. Because if you ain't got a gun, you better get one. I'm going to teach you some manners. Drop it. Ellie, you've been tied to this dude for two days. Now, you like it or something? I'm going along because there's money in it. You know an easier way, Breed? Yeah. All right, Ellen. Say the word when you need me. Mr. Breed seems to resent me almost as much as you do. I can handle Breed for you, dude. No need, Miss West. When the time comes, I'll handle him myself. Remember, just pretend I'm a newspaper reporter. Get on with it. <clears throat> Another question, Miss. Tell us about your parents. My old man was a stinking drunk, and the old lady was worse. She was always... You are talking to reporters. Well, then let them make it up like they've been doing all along. <clears throat> Mention the homestead. Homestead? It was a stinking sow pen. You can ask Tracy Calvert. He... It was so bad you couldn't believe it. I'm sorry. You wouldn't feel so blasted up if you got rud up like that. You knew Tracy Calvert then? Oh, yeah. I knew him. We was kids then. His daddy had a nice spread of land. You should have seen Tracy's house. All painted inside and out with a fence around it. And Tracy's ma all starched up and nice. She gave me a dress once. My old lady traded it for some whiskey. Now, uh, Tracy would laugh if you'd ever seen me wearing it anyhow. I think I understand. What? About you, Tracy Calvert. Do you? Yeah, maybe you do it that. You're kind of a strange one yourself. I didn't know real men came in fancy pants. What I mean is, we ain't doing so bad, are we? I don't know. He's sort of like you. Everything I wasn't, Tracy was. Everything I didn't have, he did. When he was real little, his mom let me stay one night. She come in, pulled the cover up, and kissed me. I was 16, and he was 18 when they was going to move away. Maybe he wasn't growed up yet, but I was. I was growed up. Plenty. I didn't ask Tracy to marry him. He'd just take me with him. I'd do anything if he would. He could cut me up into little pieces if he wanted to. Just take me. I never said the same thing since, but I'm saying it to you. I, 
I ain't what folks think. No man's never touched me. You take me with you when you go back to San Francisco. I wouldn't be afraid with you. Maybe just kiss my cheek and say something nice. I don't want to be in no show, printed in no paper. I, I just want somebody to know I'm alive. Please. No. What's the matter? Look at yourself. You're still that grimy 16-year-old kid pretending she's a man. You don't compete with women because you're afraid to. Alice. Find a man who wants the smell of the stables and ask him to take you away. Breed wants me. Then you and Mr. Breed deserve each other. And he can have me. Just as soon as he kills you. Do you see speed laws and other regulations as restrictive? Or do you look upon them as protective? When a police officer writes a summons for traffic violations, do you see him as an enemy or a friend? Your life may depend on your attitudes. Statistics clearly indicate that where laws are obeyed, deaths go down. It's no secret that emotional immaturity is the major factor in our accident rate. How else but childish can you describe the notion that breaking a traffic regulation is a way of getting away with something? What could be more infantile than believing one can prove his superiority by ignoring a stoplight? Unfortunately, too many drivers on the road subscribe to that kind of emotional outlook. The result is tragic. Almost 85% of all traffic accidents in America are caused by careless, childish driving. We hope you know our traffic laws and the people who enforce them are there to help save your life. He's a nasty one, Mr. Paladin. Come along if you like. Good afternoon, Ella. I heard you wanted to see me, Mr. Breed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognize you first. Wearing them big boys' clothes. <laughs> You're carrying your play-acting too far this time, Ella. Play-acting? I've shot men for less. That's kid talking. We aren't kids anymore. Shut up, Tracy! You heard the lady, Tracy. Shut up and get out. Me and Fancy Pants gonna settle something. I changed my mind, Breed. I don't want no killing. Uh-uh, honey, we made a bargain. You're gonna keep it all the way. Tracy, take her to one side. You, barkeep, pour five shots and set them up in a line. Yes, sir. What's this? I promised Tom Carter I'd avoid a gunfight if possible. <laughs> oh, you ain't got no choice, Fancy Pants. All poured? Yes, sir. Good. Now then, Mr. Breed, I have one bullet left. Please, draw whenever you're ready. Well, I... Are you going to draw? I didn't... If you aren't going to draw, I suggest that you find Tom Carter, hand in your resignation, and start traveling. Now. Lessons continue at 7, Miss West, in my room. Please be on time.
Well. I got myself some female clothes. Cost more than genuine buckskin. I took a bath, too. Well, come in. Tracy Calvert's right. If I ain't a woman, I ain't nothing. I'll go if you want me to. You look very nice, Miss Wood. You don't have to say that. That happens to be true. You come off surprisingly womanly in a dress. Store sold me a lot of lashings and cross ropes to go underneath. It is not considered good taste to discuss undergarments. I'm sorry. Only thing that threw me was my top notch is worse than flatten a cap on his tail. I still hate you. Kind of. You smile and go ahead. I don't blame you. Clumsy and I talk ignorant and I guess a few yards of silk don't help the likes of me much. A wise man judges by the lady's smile. I think I felt better when you was whopping my knuckles and telling me not to spear my bread. Golly, that's the first nice thing you said to me. I'm dealing with a woman now. You're dealing with a shaky one. You just being kind to me. A woman needs kindness only when she has no virtues, Ellen. I? I wouldn't want you to say anything out of pity. Pity isn't included in the course. Come in. Mr. Powers and I were... Holy lovely jumping toads. Hello, Tracy. Why, hello, you... Well, I... Gosh. What's the matter, Tracy? Why, Ella, I've never seen you in... I mean, your hair, your eyes, Ella. You're a lady, Ella. Am I, Tracy? You sure are, and I'll kill the man who says you ain't. I'm sorry for what I said to you, Ella, about not being a lady. But doggone it, you've changed. She changed for you, Mr. Kelvin. Huh? She'll tell you herself in time. But she'd like it very much if you just kept that silly look on your face and kept thinking of her as a lady. Oh, I will, Ella. I swear I will, honest. <laughs> What'd I do wrong? Did, did I offend you? No, Jane. No, dear, dear. Now, Ella, don't cry. I, Mr. Paladin, wh what do I do now? Take your lady in your arms, Mr. Kelvin, and never let her go. Aveline Town, Mr. Paladin. In Aveline Town, things are going smoothly. And uh, how are things here in San Francisco? Smoothly. Specifically, the young lady I never dined with, is she still registered here? Oh, yes. Ah. Then will you please take her this note and tell her I'm back? I do it, but her, her husband no like. Her husband? <laughs> she get married two days ago. Ah, oh, me. But the uh, Spanish dance I registered today. Very nice. Oh, oh, you catch him up for dinner, eh? The Spanish dancer? Oh, boy. Uh, hey, boy, take that note up to the Spanish dancer with my compliments. Same note? <laughs> Same note. <laughs> no one we know of approves of wasting money. In spite of that, however, we Americans are often guilty of wasting our money by the uses we make of our government facilities. Take the operation of the post office, for example. Mostly out of habit, 
many offices and individuals post outgoing mail at the end of the day. In so doing, they leave post office employees with too little work to do at other times of the day. In addition, we forget to include zone numbers as part of the address. In both ways, we're slowing down the entire system for delivering mail and adding to the cost of our postal operation. The problem is simple enough to solve. Start solving it tomorrow. If you'll arrange to post letters and packages earlier in the day and include zone numbers on the return address as well as the outgoing address, you'll help our post office operate more efficiently for you and at less cost, too. Remember, for faster, more economical service, mail early in the day and include zone numbers. Have Gun, Will Travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced by Norman MacDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Gene Roddenberry and adapted for radio by John Dawson. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Sam Edwards, Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dotkin, Lynn Allen, and Barney Phillips. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel. Thank you.